Hi, I'm Ian McDonald with an extra from The Vegan Option. Now, you know The Vegan Option is concisely edited shows from multiple perspectives, but you might know that we also sometimes put the extended interviews on our website um, at theveganoption.org. And there's been a bit of a discussion on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash veganoption, about whether to put those interviews in this podcast feed as well. Chris Gilbertson, for example, listens in the car on Stitcher. Safe journey, Chris, if you're listening. And he would like us to put them in the podcast feed because otherwise he won't get them. But some others, like Jacqueline Moore and Robert Platt, would rather just get the shows in the feed. On balance, more people wanted the interviews in the feed and, and, and of course, you can just skip them. I won't be offended because I won't know. Here's a rough edit of the extended interview from the judgmental episode with Diana Fleischman interviewing Dr. Julia Minson, a researcher into attitudes to vegetarianism. So um, uh, can you please introduce yourself and tell us about what you do? Sure. Uh, so my name is Julia Minson. I am a um, lecturer and postdoctoral fellow at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, I am trained as an experimental social psychologist, um, and I do research primarily on um, sort of why people kind of disparage and put down others who hold different opinions um, from themselves on sort of a variety of topics. So um, um, also, I happen to be a vegetarian myself. So when we started talking about um, sort of the way people react to vegetarians, it you know, it was interesting on both kind of a personal level and on a theoretical professional level, um, because I think a lot of people have experienced this, you know, have had this experience where they sort of, you know, go out to lunch, order a salad, tell, you know, the server to hold a chicken and then find themselves explaining their choice for 15 minutes, even though it was sort of not in any way meant to, you know, influence the behavior of others, right? Like you just made a personal choice and then all of a sudden you find defending it. Um, and so we just thought that that was a very interesting phenomenon and was interesting to see where it stems from because it could inform um, our understanding of um, sort of the way people react to moral choices more generally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I've, I've had some sort of similar experiences <laughs> myself. Um, so... Uh, so tell us a little bit. So in your do-gooder derogation paper, tell us about study one, um, where you had participants sort of free associate what they think about vegetarians. Sure, sure. So basically, you know, we took Stanford undergraduates, um, you know, and this is already a pretty, um, a pretty liberal group, right? Um, probably more vegetarians in the general population than, you know, your average um, American population and, and even probably your average, you know, college student population. Um, and we asked them to do a couple of things. We asked them to, first of all, offer some ratings of um, kind of how moral they see themselves um, and how moral they see vegetarians and, uh, more importantly, how moral they think vegetarians would see them, right? So basically kind of the hypothesis we're going with here is that one of the reasons that people people um, don't like uh, 
others who have these who engage in these sort of morally motivated behaviors that it feels threatening it seems like this other person is you know sort of tacitly judging what i'm doing while you know i'm eating my salad with the chicken on it um so we were trying to capture that sort of the extent to which people really do believe that vegetarians see them negatively um and then after they answered those questions we um, ask them to simply generate three words that come to mind when they think of vegetarians, right? And we didn't give them any sort of more guidance besides that, simply generate three words. Um, and what we found that we thought was pretty surprising was that when we took the words people generated, we could actually have, um, you know, sort of other research assistants who don't know anything about what the experiment um, is designed to test. We had these research assistants rate the words, right, in terms of are these positive words, sort of neutral words or negative words. And what we found was that nearly half the words that people freely associate were negative. Um, you know, and we thought that was pretty strange, especially since, you know, again, these are college students, right? And the norm is very much to be nice to everybody about everything. Um, and here we have a group that's, you know, vegetarians that's sort of um, defined by a behavior that's supposed to be moral and ethical, and yet completely sort of without prompting, nearly half of the associations that their peers generate are negative words, right? So things like, you know, preachy, self-righteous, weird, you know, things like that. Yeah, skinny, um, unhealthy, so we, stuff like that, yeah. Well, skinny, right. Skinny's skinny. not <laughs> negative, but yeah. Right, skinny is not, yeah. So, I mean, there definitely were positive words, right? There were things like green and skinny and healthy, you know, and then there were things that were just, you know, perfectly neutral that you couldn't figure out, you know, what, what it means. Like, you I know. thought it was interesting you had PETA as a negative word. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and this is the thing is that these ratings, the ratings of negativity or positivity were not sort of our decision, right? So this is another group of Stanford students that rated um, the valence of each word, mm -hmm. right? So PETA apparently is, according to them at least, a negative thing, mm -hmm. um, whereas skinny, according to them, is a positive thing, right? <laughs> you know, like I have two very skinny children and I, in my mind, skinny could be <laughs> not always so positive. Um, but according to our readers, it was. So we thought it was odd that this group that, you know, is pretty unoffensive would be seen as, um, would have, you know, all these negative um, connotations associated with them. And so what we did then is we looked at kind of the ratings um, of morality that we asked the participants to make. And, you know, first of all, we found that um, participants in general, you know, see themselves as more moral than average um, and more moral than both vegetarians and non-vegetarians. Now, that's not surprising. People generally see themselves as better than everybody else on lots of different dimensions. What was interesting is that participants expected vegetarians to rate them more negatively than they rated themselves, right? So they expect the vegetarians to look down on their morality. Um, and then what we were able to do is basically look at the relationship between the words that participants generated and the way in which that in which they expected vegetarians to see them. 
And so what we found was that the more people thought that vegetarians would look down on them, the more negative were the words that they generated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to some extent, this supported our hypothesis that people put down vegetarians in part because they're expecting um, that the vegetarians are sort of judging them. So that was um, really the finding from study one. Great. Um, so uh, what I'm going to do is, well, first I'm going to ask you like a quick question. Um, so mm -hmm. were you, when you had them, um, you had them rate how much do you think that vegetarians were going to judge them before you had them do their free association. So do you think that, or you, did you counterbalance that? I'm just curious if that had any effect. Yeah, in the first so study you that... didn't, yeah. Right. So in the first study we did not counterbalance it. In the first study we had them, um, we had them make the ratings in advance. Um, and so that, um, that's something that we actually use in our second study yeah, yeah. as our manipulation as the counterbalancing. Okay, yeah. so um, we're still not sure exactly how we're going to use you, so I'm sorry to do this to you, but can you tell me the gist of study one in four sentences or less? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Um, so basically, we had participants uh, generate uh, the words that they freely associate with vegetarians. Um, and we saw that they, uh, about 47% of the associations were negative associations, things like preachy, weird, um, judgmental, etc. Um, and we also asked participants to rate uh, their own morality and sort of predict how they think vegetarians would rate their morality. Um, we found that participants expected vegetarians to rate them as being less moral than how they rated themselves, um, and that sort of anticipation of moral reproach on the part of vegetarians um, correlated uh, with the terms that the participants generated when they were free associating. So the more they expected vegetarians to rate their morality as negative, the more negative were the terms that the participants um, came up with when they thought about a typical vegetarian. Great. That's really great. Okay. So I think that was five senses. <laughs> this is good practice because when I remember when I was uh, when I was interviewing for uh, postdocs and jobs, I, I was asked at some point to summarize my dissertation in four sentences or less. So you see. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. That's great. So um, tell me, uh, so in study two, you did something where you actually um, had uh, different conditions. So you had two different conditions and um, you had uh, participants um, also evaluate the morality of meat eating. So tell us about study two, you know, as long as you want to, and then we'll do another thing with the four, four sentences or less. <laughs> Sure. So basically, in study two, um, we kind of took advantage of the idea that to the extent that people derogate vegetarians because they feel morally judged, then we should be able to observe greater derogation if we um, bring the idea of moral judgment to the forefront of our participants' minds. Right. So we basically had two conditions. Um, in one condition, we had participants um, rate vegetarians on a bunch of scales, um, things like, you know, smart, stupid, healthy, unhealthy, uh, warm, cold. Um, and then after they did all these ratings, they um, answered questions about how moral they are. 
um, how moral they think vegetarians are, and most importantly, how moral they think vegetarians would think they are. Um, and in the second condition, we simply reversed the order of all this so that participants had to think about how vegetarians would evaluate them before they made these ratings of vegetarians um, on a bunch of traits. And so what we expected to find was that thinking about being morally judged would make you um, more derogatory of vegetarians as a group. Um, and that is indeed what we found. Great. Um, you also found something really interesting there where you were saying that um, if they were given an opportunity to derogate vegetarians first, then their um, attitudes against meat eating or their, their attitudes, um, pro-vegetarian attitudes improved. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really interesting result that we sort of didn't expect to find. Um, and it's, um, you know, definitely going to lead to some future work. Um, we in both conditions at the end of um, at the end of both conditions, we asked participants to state um, their level of agreement with a bunch of statements about meat eating. Um, so um, things like, you know, meat is necessary to a healthy diet or, you know, killing animals for food is unethical. Um, and what we found surprisingly was that participants who sort of were first, first um, had this threat manipulation, right? First they had to think about how vegetarians would rate them. And then they derogated vegetarians on um, these uh, traits, um, actually had expressed greater agreement with um, kind of pro vegetarian attitudes than participants in the um, other condition. And so basically what the idea is, is that when you have the opportunity to put down the vegetarians, um, it may actually make you more open to their message, right? So once you've kind of shot the messenger, you don't also have to burn the message. Um, and um, it's a very interesting idea from the standpoint of moral advocacy because you know, if you're trying to promote some behavior that is uh, morally based and people kind of put you down as being sort of weird and preachy and irritating, um, that seems like a bad outcome, but this particular finding suggests that those people who are putting you down may actually end up being a little bit more open-minded because they've had a chance to kind of restore um, you know, restore their own feeling of self-worth by putting down um, the moral the moral agent, and then it's like, okay, well, now I can listen to these ideas in a little bit more of an open-minded manner. Yeah, I thought that was it. You might be weird and preachy, but you have a point. <laughs> so. Right, right, <laughs> right. Except it, whether it's, if I didn't have the opportunity to call you weird and preachy, I would instead sort of take it out on your point. Yeah, I think maybe advocates should say, would you like to insult me before I tell you about why I'm vegetarian? <laughs> Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, again, the four sentences or less, sorry, study two. Okay, um, so in study two, we asked participants to do two different things. Um, in one condition, we asked them to rate vegetarians on a variety of traits, 
and then we asked them to consider how vegetarians would rate their morality if they had the opportunity to do so. Um, and another condition, we reversed the order of those events, and first participants um, thought about how vegetarians would rate their morality, and then they rated vegetarians on a bunch of traits. Um, and what we found was that um, thinking about how vegetarians would rate you um, increased the extent to which participants derogated vegetarians. In other words, they saw them as um, stupider and not as warm and not as moral um, than they did when they hadn't first considered what vegetarians think of their morality. Um, and so basically, in our mind, that's evidence for the idea that um, people expect vegetarians to judge their morality negatively. Um, and this feeling of threat um, is what leads them to derogate vegetarians. Great, great. Um, and of course, you also found that those most critical of vegetarians were the most supportive of meat eating, right? Right. So what we found was that, um, yes, so we found this, of course, correlation with um, people's uh, beliefs in the sort of the necessity and validity of eat meat eating and their um, negative response to vegetarians, you know, and of course, that's, you know, it's very difficult to tell kind of what causes what, right? Um, so, you know, that's, that's something that you would very much expect, that kind of correlation, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if I think meat is necessary to a healthy diet, then obviously vegetarianism is stupid, right? And vice versa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Well, um, you know, this reminded me a lot of this, this, do, this do Good or Derogation paper is I saw a talk a while back um, about economic games. So where people were playing an economic game and everybody's meant to put some, you know, p points or resources into a pool in this economic mm -hmm. game and then there's a norm that develops where there's you know five or ten people in the economic game and everybody puts in a certain amount and you can pay some of your resources to punish another player and there's this mm -hmm. anti-social punishment where people will pay to punish someone else who is contributing more than what everyone else is is contributing have you thought about mm -hmm. you know this do good or derogation as maybe a means to this kind of anti-social punishment or the regulating of norms of giving your fair share but not more? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, most social phenomenon, you know, like sort of truly social phenomenon that involved, you know, lots of people interacting under sort of complicated circumstances are multiply determined, right? So um, when we were first submitting this paper, um, some of the reviews we got were like, well, we don't understand what you're trying to show here that's interesting. Of course vegetarians are annoying. You know, when vegetarians come to my house and they want like a different thing and, you know, they won't eat the hamburgers and I have to come up with a different entree. That's irritating. Like, how how is this interesting psychology? <laughs> you know, and that's true. You know, I mean, when I go to somebody's home with my family, I have to warn them in advance that we're vegetarians and we need different things and can we bring different things? And then that leads to a whole awkward discussion about well can other be people be eating meat in front of us um, so some extent of you know some portion of this definitely has to do with kind of enforcing norms that make everybody else comfortable and that kind of decrease inconvenience right um, the kind of our paper 
kind of picks apart a different psychological mechanism that is also going on at the same time, you know, and that's this sort of feeling of being morally threatened. Um, but, you know, I completely agree with you that, um, you know, putting people down to make everybody sort of, you know, march and step and kind of make communal life easier is, you know, very likely a part of this as well. Um, so have you ever done, have you done any other papers? Because I did see that you have another paper on moral rebels. Have any of your other papers dealt with vegetarians specifically? No, no, I haven't. My other, um, the paper, the other paper you're referring to is, um, another paper I have on eating together. Um, but that doesn't deal with what people are eating. That just deals with, um, the kind of effect of the social ritual of eating together for conflict resolution. Um, in that case, people are eating peanut butter and jam. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any, um, any new work on this that you, um, can give us a little taster of? Um, you know, I have not done anything else with um, sort of vegetarian or moral choices per se. Um, a lot of my work right now deals more broadly with kind of this question of um, why do people um, sort of disregard and try hard to avoid opinions that disagree with their own. Um, and the ongoing theme is this you know, um, theme of psychological threat. Um, you know, the way I've started thinking about it more and more is sort of when somebody has opinions that, um, differ from mine, um, the interaction immediately feels a little bit combative. Um, and it feels like, you know, we can't just sort of have a conversation, we have to kind of establish almost a social hierarchy about this question. Like one of us has to come out to be right and one of us has to come out to be wrong. Um, and that sets off kind of a set of social dynamics that then really prevent people from um, being open to different ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm starting to think about um, sort of political disagreement and disagreement on moral issues and even disagreement on kind of objective facts, uh, more in that framework of um, there being almost a psychological system that gets set off that deals with um, establishing of a social hierarchy. Um, so, but nothing, nothing real specific to um, vegetarianism so far. It's sort of a give and take, like in the same way that, you know, you found that if you have a, an opportunity to derogate somebody, you might be more receptive to their attitudes. So if you kind of put somebody down in the hierarchy, you might be more comfortable with your own position in a way that you can be more receptive to their perspective. Right, right, right. To the, right, exactly. So to the extent that I don't feel the need to sort of prove something, I may be more willing to listen. Great. Yeah. You've been so great. Um, just housekeeping. Do we have permission to use and share and what else? This record, record. and record. Yes, we've already been recording. <laughs> this that you. Yes. Okay. Great. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Julia Minson. I'm just going to ask Ian here if he has anything else that he would like me to talk about with you. Has she introduced herself? Yes, she did. But yeah, I think she. Did, yeah. yeah, it's always just sometimes it's useful to get. That was a long time ago. That was 30 minutes ago, though. So. Yes. <laughs> thank you very much indeed. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank You've you, been guys. And, the, I, and this, is, this is so great because th you talking about this is really going to tie this whole theme together that we're going to be talking about in this episode. So we're really excited to have you on. Um, we will, Fabulous. Um, it, we, 
we what do we usually do if there's anything any part of this that you think back on you're like oh it's gonna get me in trouble or something um <laughs> uh, i i mean i can't imagine anything that would but um you know just let us know if there's something you're not comfortable with and um and thank you so much and have a great rest of your sunday all right thank you guys that was an extended interview it's copyright us ian mcdonald and diana fleischman and if you want to use it yourself uh, you can do so under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License. Our edited shows are at thevegan-option.org.